Facebook prioritizes engagement despite divisiveness. IGTV ads are here, an executive order in place to revisit Section 230. It's Monday, June 1st, 2020. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 409 of Brave Ad World. Consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 409 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actionable insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wickert, and it's definitely been quite a week. Normally, this podcast is a bit of an escape for me, at least, to dive into cool digital marketing. And this week, it's been a bit of a heavy week, and that heavy week has uh, overflowed into the content of this podcast. But that being said, there is definitely a lot to talk about this week. So I'm just going to dive right in and talk first about Facebook. So Facebook has a bit of a smoking gun on its hands. Uh, Despite calls by company leadership to make sure users' time spent on its platform is time well spent, we have a report from the Wall Street Journal that says Facebook leadership was given a pretty blunt warning in a 2018 presentation. It said, quote, our algorithms exploit the human brain's attraction to divisiveness, unquote. And it goes on to say, without controls put in place, Facebook would continue to serve, quote, more and more divisive content in an effort to gain user attention and increase time on the platform, unquote. The presentation basically told executives at Facebook what has become increasingly common knowledge. Facebook algorithms exploit and encourage tribal behavior and polarization that comes from that. It's now revealed that the findings were actually shelved and efforts to limit polarization were viewed as paternalistic and could lead to accusations of political bias as conservative users and publishers would be disproportionately affected with limiting their ability to reach an audience. User engagement, it's been Facebook's primary focus since forever. And that metric has led Facebook to what is objectively a pretty dark path. For a time, starting in 2016, Facebook actually seemed to be on a good path to try to make its platform healthier for all involved. There was a lot of angst that came before 2016 that led to it, but Facebook seemed to be wanting to do all the right things. But it's become apparent that there's a limit to just how far Facebook is willing to go to improve the health of its platforms, its users, and conversation as a whole. What Facebook has done is they've said they've put an integrity team in place, they've improved policies to limit harmful content, and they funded $2 million in independent research on polarization. It's without question that Facebook has taken steps to improve its platform, but it's also without question that those steps have really been a drop in the bucket in terms of solving the real foundational problems with Facebook and its content algorithm. There is a lot of good that comes from Facebook for users, advertisers, and publishers. They all benefit benefit from it. But despite everything it says it's doing to protect users, engagement will always be its number one priority. And it's clear Facebook is willing to accept the costs that come from that engagement. All right, let's jump to our next story, IGTV ads. So 
They've been coming for some time, and now IGTV ads, they're, they're finally here. The video platform has been building up to this this feature in an effort to both monetize video more as well as incentivize content creators. The ads will come from with a revenue share with content creators and creators will also be able to give their followers the option to purchase what are called badges on Instagram live streams. And those badges are basically things that influencers can sell to their fans to express their support for the content creator. The feature is a catch-up move for IGTV, which launched as a way to compete with YouTube. However, with no direct way to monetize their videos on the platform, influencers either ignored IGTV or inked deals with brands on the side for integrations into their IGTV content. IGTV was completely out of it. Well, currently Instagram live viewers are up 70% month over month and IGTV accounts for 20% of total views across IGTV, YouTube, and Facebook Watch. That is a lot. So if Instagram was ever going to monetize this platform, this is the moment and influencers are clearly ready for this to happen. All right, let's probably talk about the biggest story of the week. Like I said, this podcast normally doesn't tread into this territory, but now I feel like we have to. So this week we got to see, basically, I mean, it was the latest of a long line of hissy fits from the Oval Office. The week started with President Trump's testing Twitter's stomach for limiting the spread of misinformation on its platform after making false murder claims against a former congressman and spreading misinformation in regards to mail-in ballots. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey was actually contacted by the husband of the murder victim referenced by Trump and was Jack Dorsey was asked to take the tweets down. Twitter did nothing in regards to the false murder claims, but it did tag two of the false mail-in voting tweets as having, quote, potentially misleading information, unquote. Of course, the president said his free speech was being limited, and that gets us to Thursday when President Trump issued an executive order calling on the Commerce Department to petition the FTC to review Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Section 230 has given social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, forums, YouTube, everybody basically, protection from what users post on their platforms. They aren't responsible for what their users share. If it's defamatory, if it's untrue, those platforms are protected. Well, now the FTC is being asked to review that section as well as look into whether or not social platforms are biased and what they choose to flag versus not. Basically, the executive order aims to roll back some of the protections that Section 230 gives to these social platforms. Now, Twitter, they've done a poor job codifying what it will take down, what it won't, what it will censor, what it won't, but they are at least standing for something. And Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, he basically gave a company-wide shrug to the announcement when he responded to the issue with, quote, I don't think Facebook or internet platforms in general should be arbiters of the truth, unquote. So this probably won't go anywhere as it faces a slew of court challenges and the First Amendment doesn't apply to private companies. Beyond that, independent agencies, including the FTC, they don't answer to the president. They're independent. That may not matter, however, because... Now the issue of social platform regulation, it's been politicized. And in my opinion, there probably there isn't a good guy here. We need tech regulation because tech, most notably Facebook, look back to the previous story, has proven to be dishonest in its practices time and time again. And so has the president. Like I said, 
No good guy here. This was a very unpresidential way of handling what should have been a serious issue, and that's tech regulation. Now, the lines in the sand have been drawn, sides have been taken, and a complicated issue just became a much more partisan one, too. So this is something to watch. We'll see where it goes. It's still escalating, so a lot to look forward to. All right, that is it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that I didn't discuss earlier. So Facebook's Libra cryptocurrency, it's still moving forward. This week, it announced that the digital wallet used to access Libra will get a name change from Calibra to Novi. The name change comes in the context of Facebook coming under massive scrutiny for trying to launch such a currency. The new name appears to be a symbolic gesture with an effort that has essentially been stopped in its tracks. Amazon's looking to get into the podcast game with local news and sports at a time in which Spotify, they've made a massive podcast acquisition and Apple plans to double its investment in original podcasts. Amazon wants to use A-L-E-X-A, voice tech to help users discover podcasts and deliver hyper-local advertising. It's unclear where podcasts will live in Amazon's portfolio. Is it an audible thing, an Amazon music thing, an A-L-E-X-A thing, or is it all of the above? Either way, we see the podcast wars just getting started because now Amazon is in. Roku announced more flexibility for advertisers, including the ability to update, change, or completely pull creative should advertiser circumstances change. In addition, it announced updated pricing as well as a promise that advertisers won't have to pay for reaching viewers they've already reached. The the moves are meant to build confidence in advertisers who have been shaken by the current pandemic. HBO Max is now live. For 15 bucks a month, users can get access to the service, which includes HBO, DC, Warner Media, and Studio Ghibli content. The rollout has been a bit confusing, as some users have HBO Max access as part of HBO or AT&T subscriptions, while others need to pay full price. The question is whether or not people can stomach another $15 a month price tag for a subscription service. Facebook has a new experiment dubbed Ketchup that's in testing on iOS and Android. It's meant to allow users to let each other know that, hey, they're available for voice chats all at once, all in one dashboard, because that makes coordinating a call to catch up easier because one of the main reasons people don't reach out to talk is worry they're going to be interrupting someone. Twitter is allowing users to schedule tweets from its web app thanks to a new calendar icon at the bottom of the composed tweet window. The feature has been in testing since November and requested long before that. And lastly, YouTube has rolled out video chapters. This is a new feature. It divides videos up into specific sections with descriptions of what's in each time frame platform wide. Uh, the feature is available to any creator who uploads a video. All right, that is it for episode 409 of Brave Ad World. A bit heavier than I normally like to do, but before I let you go, I do want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments, let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, I'd appreciate it if you would rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at T Wickert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.